In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. And welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, Eric Levine. Thank you for having me, Carla. Thank you. Oh, I'm super excited about having you on the show, Eric. You have such an incredible, you know, history entrepreneurially and so many fun stories. So I can't wait to share it with our listeners. And I'd like to start out just by asking kind of how did your entrepreneurial journey start? Everybody has this entrepreneurial story and uh, I'm sure yours is quite interesting, just like everybody's. So I think I was, I was born with my father was a businessman and I remember the first day he started throwing money, like playing with me with the coins and, and we were going to go to the Montreal Canadians, Montreal Canadians hockey team. Uh, there was, a, it was a Stanley cup playoffs and we were going to go and he started throwing. I said, what if I want to buy a shirt? And he started throwing some coins at me and some dollars. And I said, well, this is fun. I can buy something with this money. And he was always there to teach me about how to make money, how to use the money properly. So I think it came from my father and uh, my brother also. He had, he had a casino going when he was 11 on his skateboard and he would have an over and under game and he'd take all the change from all of our neighbors. And I thought that was pretty cool as well. So <laughs> my family started me off, I would say. Yeah, it's just kind of in your blood there. And I know your background has primarily been in the fitness industry. You know, how did you kind of hone in on the type of industry that you wanted to, you know, start your entrepreneurial journey? Although if you're doing that at 11, you probably had even an earlier entrepreneurial journey before the fitness industry. But were you passionate about it or how did you get yeah. there? Well, my, my, again, my father was a professional athlete and uh, also a bodybuilder. We at, in Montreal, Ben and Joe Weider were uh, members of the synagogue that we went to. And they're actually the founders of the whole bodybuilding thing, the Weider company, that Muscle and Fitness magazine. So my dad used to take me every weekend to the gym, even when I was five years old. So I loved muscles and I loved that whole, I even loved the smell of chlorine at that time. And uh, it's interesting, I'll tell you. Um, so I had worked in uh, the spas when I was 16 and 17. People would, um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday were women. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday were men. Men and women never worked out together at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, my whole training was, do you have a blue shirt? I said, yeah. Do you have running shoes? I said, yeah. I said, you're hired. So that was my training at that time. <laughs> and to give you reference, a Corvette was $5,000 at the time. Well, so, you are looking good. Working out done, done you well there, Eric. So I started in this club. And within a week, the manager said, what are you doing when you're showing people around? And I said, well, why? He says, because everybody buys a membership after you do that. And I said, that's what you want, right? You see, I wanted to start selling, make a long story short. I'm not even 17 yet. I become the top salesperson in the 12 club chain. 
Then I became a manager right near my house of a new club. And I was making $4,000 a month in 1972. Remember, Corvette wow. is five. And I'm on top of the world. And I love it. You know, I'm meeting new people and I'm making this kind of money. I'm telling you the story because there's a funny story. So, no, I love it. I love it. And I love, you know, some people think, oh, you know, it's not possible, but you found something you're passionate about. I mean, you like the smell of chlorine. You're walking <laughs> around completely passionate and selling to people because that's what you, you, yeah. you love it. It was, and it's not like a, a yucky sale at that point. It's something exactly. you felt passionate about and you wanted them to work out and you want to be healthy and they saw your enthusiasm for it. And that's likely why you did so well. Because it wasn't, you know, anytime you're in sales, as long as you're passionate about the product itself, right? Don't sell something you don't believe in. That's right. So, so passion is the, is the key. I, I never sold anything and I'll, I'll go to that in a minute, but um, the funny segue. So I'm making that kind of money. I'm in the fitness industry. My dad's bragging to everybody about me. You know, I'm making more money than doctors, lawyers, than him. And, um, I get a job, get this. I see the cover of Newsweek magazine, this beautiful girl, you know, Christy Brinkley style. And it says, Club Med Geos, the true gypsies of the world. Actually, my ex-girlfriend's mother gave me that magazine, mm -hmm. which she wanted me to go. <laughs> so when I finished reading that magazine, it just blew my mind. And I decided to apply to Club Med and I, I got the job. So I'm supposed to go to Martinique in the French West Indies, April 15th. And I go to my father, a Jewish businessman who knows how much money I'm making. And I say, dad, I'm going to Martinique. And he said, what's a Martinique? I said, it's an island in the French West Indies above Venezuela. He says, how long? I said, no, no, I'm going, to, I'm going to live there and work there. And he said, what are you going to do there? I said, I'm going to be a GO for Club Med. So naturally, his next question was, well, how much money are you going to make? And I looked him in the eyes and I said to him, $60 a month. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> he didn't hear it. It was too too far out for him to acknowledge it. He asked me that question like, again. Son, what are you thinking? Again, he asked me the same question. Again, I said the same answer. And again, no response. He just quietly left the room. So that was another, uh, another step in my, in my journey. And, and so I, I, I left the fitness industry for a while. I went to work for Club Med, which if you know about it, at that time, it was the wildest place on earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And every six months, you would go to a different part around the world. And I learned branding, marketing, the experience you get. I mean, the rooms were terrible. The food was okay the first day or two. Then, And everyone- and They gave you the same thing every single day. Every and you're like, you know, it was so it was so much the same like that, Carla. That on the last day of every week, I would cut a hole in the buffet table, stick my head through it, color mayonnaise, everything, pickles and carrots, and people would come and take 
the vegetables from my neck, I'd say, that's mine. And <laughs> that's so funny. I learned, I learned about creating an experience, mm. not about a facet, but the overall experience. When people left in the parking lot, they were in tears. They weren't going to get on that bus for anything. They doctors would stop their practice to stay on the scuba boat to be a, a, a scuba diving doctor for $60 a month. Wow. They created this movement. It was a cult. It was a more than a brand. Um, thousands of people wanted my job. You know, when I went to New York, it was, it was a frenzy. Everybody wanted to work for $60 a month at Club Med. And wow. the rooms were, you know, mediocre, but the people that they hired, we were a hundred of us strong in each location, plus the local. Everyone was an adventure. Everybody had such love for what they were doing that collectively, you know, it was the antidote to civilization. That was their motto. And I learned, I learned the whole gambit about you know, in the, in the laws that we, we, we practice about giving much more value, the value, we change people's lives. In that week or two, they became a child again. They became free again. They became happy again. And there's no price on that. And yeah. I took that, what I learned in four years there, right into my fitness, in my fitness business. I mean, you walked into any of my clubs besides the music, you know, this is before Walkman's, the music was Led Zeppelin, you know, uh, at a concert level. And it was a party. The people that I hired, I tried to, to you know, make Club Med into my fitness. Mm. No one was boring. No one was dull. Everybody was passionate. Mm -hmm. And it worked the same way as Club Med did because People would look so look forward to escaping from wherever they're coming and having that time where they could be themselves, be the best version of themselves oh, I and, love that. and actually improve their life while having the best time of their life. And that's been my motto to this day, you know, 40 years later, whatever it is I'm doing, I want to make that experience, whether I'm telling a joke, whether you're coming for dinner, whatever it is, I want to inject you with that excitement. And it's such a, it, it's so addictive. And yeah. then the team, I mean, the team thrives because they get that. They mm -hmm. get that. They wear it. They look forward to it. They're proud of it. They don't stop. It's not like I'm leaving. They never leave. It's part of their life. I and love it. And there's something yeah. about, cool. I mean, you have to have a team and you have to have this culture and being able to build that is, and if, guess what, if that's not your passion, you better find somebody on your team that that yeah. is their passion. Right. And right. so you grew then what was 24 hour fitness, I believe, right? To well, it started, I'll, I'll give you another quick little tidbit. Um, so I was an actor and Let's say I wasn't doing that great. I'm living when I left Club Med. It's funny because the, sh the chef de village, the head guy, said, Listen, Eric, you got to leave because if you don't leave this season, you're never leaving. 
And he was 50 years old and he'd been there for 30 years. So he knew. <laughs> he, was like... he, he said, like Peter Pan, you better, you better leave this season. And I said, where should I go? He said, go to Venice Beach. It's like a halfway house between reality. <laughs> halfway house for club men. Yeah. Okay, that's funny right there. Okay, so I, I went to Venice Beach and I was a child actor. So I tried to reestablish to make a long story short, um, I wasn't doing well. I was a stripper with Chippendales and the Beefcake Review, and I, I was a waiter, and nothing was really what I wanted, but I had a part in a, in a, in a film that got canceled. And I walked from Sunset Boulevard from my agents all the way to Venice Beach in the pouring rain. I said, okay, I get it. It's not supposed to be that's not supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be an actor. That's not my, that's not my calling. And I said, so I had, I took my boots off. I was soaking wet. It was raining all day. And I said to the universe, I said, show me, hey, show me something because I don't know what to do. I was always thinking I was going to be an actor. So I fall asleep, like kind of in a stupor, like my life is over and whatever. And I was working out at Gold's Gym, the muscle man, the bodybuilding yeah, it was a couple of blocks from where I lived. And I go there with my head down, like, oh my God, I don't even know if I can pay my month's dues here, you know, 30 bucks. And what am I going to do? And I'm standing at the front desk. And at the time, Schwarzenegger was there, Lou Ferrigno. I mean, it was Jurassic Park. And the only girls that were there were more dangerous than the men. I mean, these were, these, these ladies were tough, okay? And this beautiful girl walks in and she says to me, thinking that I work there, she said, oh, will someone show me what to do? And I looked at her, I said, excuse me? Oh yeah, I'd like to learn how to work out. I said, here? She said, yeah. I said, do you see what's behind here? Do you, does this not frighten you? And she says, no, I think it could be cool. I said, so you think you could work out here and enjoy yourself? She, yeah. I said, would you bring your friends? She said, yeah, I would. And the lights went off because there was only one Gold's Gym at the time, that one. And I went directly to the owner, who was my friend, and I said, I want to buy your name. It's a very funny story. So his name was Pete Grimkowski. Mr. Universe, gorgeous, but you know, he wasn't a Nobel Peace Prize winner. He wasn't a scientist. I said, Pete, Pete, I want to buy your name. And he says, what do you want to buy Pete for? So I said, not Pete. I want to buy gold. Wait, he really said that? That's hilarious. And I had $10,000 saved up, which I was prepared to pay him. So I dropped it down to $2,500 when he said that. And I said, no, not Pete. Pete, the logo, the name. And to make a long story short, I bought the name and I opened up my first club in Toronto. And that's how I started my entrepreneurship in the fitness industry. And that was the beginning of the different companies that I started and I worked with. So that's how funny it started. That is a great story. I mean, yeah. isn't it interesting though? Sometimes you got that little thing tapping on your shoulder and it's like, wait a second, I'm passionate about working out. Everyone likes it here. I could combine the girls and the guys together, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. So now you just increased your market potential, exactly. right? It was, it was the universe, you know, learning for, for, 
for drivers, my, my personality, I'm a driver. I am too. Sure you're a driver. <laughs> for me, the hardest thing to learn is when it's not happening. You know, when, because I don't give up. I'm not, you're not going to give up. But sometimes to be sensitive to the fact that there's another path here and let the universe guide you surrender at least enough to say show me because i I, i'm the doors aren't opening it's not flowing the doors are i'm not meeting i'm not doing i'm not in the flow it's stopped so to be able to learn that which i still don't have the answer to that that for drivers like us is one of the most it's hard because we never want to uh, we never want to admit defeat in any exactly. way and sometimes it's not defeat it's just pivoting and mm -hmm. in our mind it's no i set out to do this and i'm That's so it. bullheaded that i'm gonna do That's that it. you know come hell or high water so i know you built that out to 465 clubs and i know you sold it for um uh like 1.8 billion or a little bit over that when did you get to the point where you were like okay it's time when, was it a shift or was it like, oh, I need to do something else or kind of, because I think that's a hard time too, is, you know, either pivoting or shifting or when you're kind of called to do something different. Mm -hmm. You mean at that, uh, in, at that size? Well, yeah, I, I have to um, say that Mark Masterstroke was the real founder of the company. I joined them later and mm -hmm. he was the chairman of the board that made those decisions. And, Got it. Uh, so you kind of were just like along with the team. I was, I was uh, you know, on the board of directors. I represented my my share, which was, you know, and I was in charge of, you know, the rest of it. But Mark was the one that made the decision on the 1.8 billion. And a year earlier, we had an offer. I was the I was the third largest shareholder in the, the private shareholder in the company. Mark being the first, and we had a crazy offer the year before for 1.3 billion. Mm. And we all said, yes, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. And Mark said, no, we're worth almost 2 billion. Got it. And it was like, how do you see that? Because we, you know, at the time, you know, the companies in, in the fitness industry were going for four or five times cash EBITDA. Mm -hmm. That was the norm. And when we ended up, Mark got- Yeah, that's an I, incredible multiple. You know, that's gotta be because people have memberships and don't use them or something. I don't know. I well, don't know what goes the, into that, but- The auto pay, the auto yeah, pay. Yeah, the, the auto recurring, pay. The recurring income. We sold for not over nine times EBITDA. So Mark Mastro gets a credit for that sale. That's but, that's an incredible multiple right there. I think we yeah. need to, I need to get in the fitness industry. Right? <laughs> I've today, always been passionate about it, but you know, never really dove into a, the buy and sell on that. Vertical. Today it's back up and the opportunity uh, in the fitness industry because of COVID, I mean, it's sad some reason why there's some opportunity in it, but uh, because the fitness industry has been shut for 18 months, there's lots of opportunities in the new company I'm with now, that's exactly what we're doing. We're, we're buying companies that are in, coming out of bankruptcy or we're taking them through it, people that need help that need some money, they were great. They just got murdered because of the situation. And our group is, is, is partnering with these great people and bringing them up. And that's what we're doing right now. So 
Awesome. Well, yeah. and, and there's a lot of different areas that you could utilize that either roll up structure or bringing mm -hmm. people into a team, right, with the right, right strategy, because there have been so many hurting, which is interesting, because didn't you bring the fitness industry to during the SARS pandemic too? Well, the, you're so going I, for punishment, Eric. <laughs> so I, I, we, I was with Family Fitness Center in Southern California. I was a partner with my mentor who's 94, Ray Wilson. And we then merged with Mark Mastroff. He was 24 hour Nautilus. We created 24 hour fitness. And it was a huge company and I'm an entrepreneur and Mark is my dear friend. I'm the godfather of his daughter, but I didn't want to work in a corporate situation. I said, mm, been there, done that, I don't want to do that. So I, and Ray was always going to Asia saying that's the mother load. I had never even been to Asia. I get on a plane, I landed in Hong Kong and walked the whole city because I, I couldn't sleep. And I said, this is it. There wasn't another fitness center in all of Asia, not one. They had the hotel gyms, which were ridiculous as we all know. And this is 25, 27 years ago. And I said, Ray, Hong Kong, I wanna open up in Hong Kong. So I went around and everybody told me the Chinese will never work out together. The Chinese ladies will not sweat in front of a man. It's not part of their culture. You cannot find a location that I want because I had already, I had already, Carla, visualized and manifested 40,000 square foot, all glass building in the heart of Hong Kong, ground floor entrance, no doors, a huge signage, the smell of the, the excitement of the people running around, the good looking women, the good looking men, the money, the clank of the machine. I had already manifested every single detail and everyone said, go home. It's not gonna work. Nobody works out here, forget it. It's Tai Chi and blah, blah, blah. And, and you're never gonna find a building like that and et cetera, et cetera. So I was at a building and they said, get out of here, just like everyone else said, get out of here, kid. I didn't have the right watch and I didn't have the card. My hair was as long as you get out of here. And as I'm walking out and I'm thinking to myself, what the, I already manifested it. What's happening here? As I'm walking across the street, ready to, you know, just keep, you know, my head down. I look up and I see someone putting a sign up on this 40,000 square foot, no. floors, escalators, all glass, boom, 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 for lease. Wow. Now, okay, so that's exactly- So that was like a sign that was assigned. It was a sign that was assigned. <laughs> and there was one, we were talking about this before the interview. There was one person that I knew. He was a Jewish businessman from Montreal who now was a billionaire. He had made it in Hong Kong. And his company was California Entertainment. He owned all the bars and restaurants and real estate. His name is Mr. Alan Zeman. Now he's Sir uh, in China, he's a big guy. He was the only person that I knew. And his restaurant was right across the street from this building. So I walked in there and I said, is, is Alan here? And he said, here I am. Hi, Eric, how you doing? I said, I think I'm doing great. Who owns the building across the street? Is oh my good friend William. 
So you're good, okay. And I explained to him what I'm doing and everything. So he made a phone call. William came to get a beer that night. We, we toured the building and he says, you know, we only have one year leases. I said, well, what do you mean one year leases? I'm gonna spend four and a half million dollars on making this into a fitness center. I can't get my money back in a year. He said, well, how long do you need? I said, I need five years with a five year continuation and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And he said, I can't do that. And Alan convinced them to do it. And he said, okay, I'll do it under one condition. So what's that? He said, the rent is 250,000 US dollars a month. And he was looking in my eyes to see, you know, <laughs> what's happening. And at being a, you know, a veteran salesperson, no expression, you know, even though I'm biting my lip as hard as I can. Um, and I want six months rent in advance. And I said, oh, okay, you know, I'm thinking, oh, great, <laughs> you know, and um, it cost four and a half million. We pre-sold 3,200 3, people. 60 days after I opened, I, had, I was in the black, I got all my money back. Wow, that's an awesome story. I love it. Okay, so as we wrap up here, what I I would love for you to share kind of your strategies for manifesting because I think that you know we all get told no or you know we're going down the wrong path or doors are shutting and we have to pivot just a little bit or like do you have strategies that you use in order to because I, I remember reading this book and it talked about Oh gosh, I'll have to look it up. I I read it so long ago, but they would teach and train pro athletes how to do this and mm -hmm. how you saw yourself you know, over and over and over again. Or even there was a gentleman that never touched a golf club, but mm -hmm. uh, learned what it was like. And he was actually in prison. And when he came out, he was a good golf player. So mm -hmm. there's there's definitely strategies that you can utilize. What were your strategies? Well, that. That's a great uh, question, Carla. You know, and bringing up the golf, the first book of its kind that I read was a book by uh, Dr. Maxwell Maltz called Psycho-Cybernetics and the Power of Manifest Manifestation. Oh, it, it's the Power of Full Engagement. You just gave right. me the, the name of the book. Tony Schwartz, Powerful Engagement is the one okay. that I was referring back to. And the techniques are very similar. I mean, Jack Nicholas was talking about how he would feel the sweet spot of his putter, watch the dimples roll, roll through the grass and clunk in the center of the cup before he do anything. You always see him, you know, if you remember him walking back and forth, he's visualizing manifesting all the time. So the techniques, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza is uh, one of the today gurus on um, neuroscience and you know, his, his, med, his morning meditation is all about manifestation. So from Dr. Maxwell Maltz, which I read in 1968 to today, they've refined the techniques, but more or less the same. It's about actually going into the universe. They call it the quantum field now. Mm -hmm. um, the Rishis called it something different, but it's the same. It's 5,000 years old knowledge. It's about going into a place where your ego isn't there, your mind isn't there, your body isn't there. Dr. Joe Dispenza says, nowhere, no time, uh, no one. 
And being in, in this area of absolute quiet and silence, and from that point manifesting specifically, I mean, let's just, I'll use a simple example, a car, okay? It's not a good example. What does it look like? What does the new leather smell like? Mm -hmm. What do you feel when you put your foot down and your head goes back? What do you feel like when the girls are all, you know, woo, is that your car? Or is that your daddy's car? Mm -hmm. Every detail, what you feel like, what you would do if you had that. And the more detail you give, the easier it is for the universe to recreate it for yourself and never lose that. Keep that. I mean, it's got to be prevalent at all times in your mind, in your vision without any type of interruption. Mm -hmm. And that's how the universe knows he's got it, he's serious. It's already happened. It's mm -hmm. already happened in the universal field. You've already put your initials on it. It's just coming now. So it's not a matter of panicking. It's just, it's on its way. Keep on doing what you're doing. It's I love that, way. Eric. And I think it's so prevalent in sports and high achievers mm -hmm. in this. Uh, but you bring that into your entrepreneurial and your business focus as well, because and that's how when you hear no or when you have the board meeting or you've missed mm -hmm. your deadlines or, you know, so I will definitely have to include those books in the yes. notes and, and go back. Carla, and when, when you're a leader, and you're sharing your manifestation with your team and your team starts to grow inside that manifestation. Now you've got a team that's so together that you know, you're all blood sisters and brothers and that takes on a new energy. Yeah, there's the movement you got going on there's there. There's the movement you Right, got. that's where you yeah. go from making $4,000 a month to $60 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Eric, how can our viewers and listeners get a hold of you? Well, I'm EricLevineGlobal.com is my consulting. And uh, I'm uh, on LinkedIn, Eric Levine Global. And we'll so, make sure we uh, put that in the show notes as well, Eric. So okay. this has been not only fun, however, I have also remembered some things that I need to go back and kind of brush up, right? Being constant learner. So really appreciate you being on the show. Love your stories. And I can't wait till next time. Oh, thank you for having me, Carla. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life.